In the past few episodes of the Learning to Love Math podcast, we've been talking a lot about math anxiety. Today, we're going to be sharing ways that you can reduce math anxiety for your students and for yourself, and how you can actually help your students overcome math anxiety. Plus, Helena from The Present Teacher is going to be sharing tips for reducing anxiety in general. I absolutely loved this episode. I just listened to it again, and I am so excited for you to listen to it because I think mental health stigma is a huge thing that we've only just started to scratch the surface of as far as when it comes to teachers. So when we talk about things like anxiety attacks, panic disorder, math anxiety, not just in students, but in teachers as well, teacher burnout, getting on medication if you need it, depression, all of these things are real things that are happening to us because it is just all too easy for those around us, for legislators, for just about anyone, and even for ourselves, we can forget that we're human. This is just part of the human experience, and it's not to say that we have to continue to live with it, that we shouldn't try to overcome it, that we shouldn't seek counseling and support and medication if we need it, because I am definitely an advocate of that. But it does need to be normalized, and it needs to be accepted and seen as, you know, it's not just that someone is sick or broken, they just need support. So just like how our students can't learn when they're hungry or tired or upset, it's the same for us. We cannot be effective, engaging instructors and teachers. We can't be excited about what we're doing and make sure that our students are getting what they need if we don't take care of ourselves first. And I think you're going to hear a lot of that come from Helena today in our episode. I am so excited to dive in. So let's get on with the show. falling in love for a minute. It's a thrilling and exciting adventure for both parties. It's a journey. They're always learning. I want for your students to fall in love with math, and I'd love it if I could help you learn to love math too. When we start from there, our math instruction automatically becomes more engaging, more relevant, more effective, and even more fun. And that's what we're all about here on the Learning to Love Math podcast. Hi, by the way, I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, tutor, math learning coach, and the creator behind the Teachers Pay Teacher store, Math with Minis. In just two short years, I went from basically being math illiterate to having students make two years worth of games with math in my classroom. With mindset, motivation, masterminding, and a little bit of coaching, we can make math magical for our students. Let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. you're feeling overwhelmed, burned out, stressed out, I totally get it. I feel you and I want you to know that you're not alone. I think that's kind of the theme of honestly the last several months of podcasts, but especially the series we're doing around anxiety, not only for students, but for teachers. And I want you to know that if you're not getting the support that you want or need from your admin, from your colleagues, your coworkers, where you are, I really want to support you. And one way we can do that is by having you come into the Math Mavens. It's our supportive community, our little cohort where you can get a math mentor in your pocket. I know that a lot of teachers cannot afford coaching. They can't afford expensive courses. This is just $4.99 a month. It helps to support the show. It helps to support the staff that we have to bring on and to have guest experts come and teach you guys, you know, I'm a math enthusiast and I'm all about bringing the expertise to you. So I would love to have you join us on top of having the monthly secret episode. That's for members only. You get a monthly lesson planning and curriculum mapping session. And if there's something that you're not understanding, like maybe you're teaching equivalent fractions and you need support with that, we will help you. Not just me, but our guest mentors and the other math mavens there who are there to cheer you on and support you and share their resources with you if they'd like. 
You'll also get $15 worth of resources from my Teachers Pay Teachers store every month, and you'll even be able to request custom resources. So if there's something you want and need that doesn't exist yet, I will make it for you custom. I wanted to do that to support you. And we also have a Discord channel, so if you want to have a way to connect quickly through like a text message app without getting on social media, I have got you covered there as well. All of your materials will be accessed via Member Vault if you did our Be a Math Person conference and you'll already be familiar with that. Otherwise, you can get a lot of it here in the Spotify app because all of your episodes for the Learning to Love Math podcast and the secret members only Math Mavens podcast will all be in one stream for you, so it's nice and clean. So if you have questions about that, about the co-working, the lesson planning together, the resources, the support, I would love to answer them for you. Just send me a DM on Instagram over at mathwithminis, or you can even send me an email, mathwithminis at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer those questions for you because I know, you know, even though it's five bucks a month, it's still five bucks a month. And I want to make sure that you feel supported and like you're getting your money's worth and to show you that it's my way of serving you. And honestly, it's more so that we just don't see it as like another Facebook group that we join and don't participate in because I want to make sure that you have the time set aside to actually get things done, to feel accomplished and to see that this is totally doable, that math can be enjoyable for you, that you can make your instruction more effective and more engaging for your students and that you can actually make math more fun for everyone. And I believe you can even learn to love math yourself. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get on to the show. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Learning to Love Math podcast. My name is Brittany. If you're new to me on the show, welcome, welcome. I am the creator behind the Teachers Pay Teachers Store Math with Minis. But honestly, out of everything I do, this is actually my favorite. And I was actually just talking with our guests today about how I really want for you to feel encouraged and empowered to share not just your expertise, but your actual experiences with each other, with other teachers, and to show them what you have to share. Because whether you're a brand new teacher, a veteran teacher, you only know a little bit, at least you think you know a little bit about math, there's something in there to be said about actually enjoying the process of learning and sharing. And I think we get so much out of that. But that also takes a lot of inward reflection and a lot of looking back at things that have happened to us that we've done and dealing with that. And that's why I'm really excited to have Helena on the show today. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. My name's Helena is how we say it. Helena, got it. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those weird things of when you talk to someone online, you can have full on conversations with them. And if you've never heard their name or you haven't said it a lot, you're like, I actually don't know if I'm saying it right. So Helena, so glad to have you here. So I just want you to kind of share like a little bit of your story. Like, who are you? What do you do? And kind of what took you on the journey from being a teacher to the present teacher? Yeah, I would love to talk and introduce myself. So for those of you that may not know me, hi, my name's Helena. I'm the creator of The Present Teacher. I am a teacher wellness coach. I empower teachers to eliminate mental health stigma inside and out of the classroom through classroom management, social emotional learning, and teacher wellness. And I started this journey as most teachers do in the middle of the pandemic. I'm actually going to go back to my first year of teaching. I remember my first year of teaching, I walked into my classroom, boxes in hand, and And I was so excited because I was thinking, this is it. This is where I'm going to change the world. And then as the months went by, I realized that couldn't be farther from the truth because I was drowning in to-do lists. I started this profession because I was so excited to help 
students and to empower them to learn and find themselves. But I found that I spent more time doing other things than actually building relationships and being there for my students. Everything from lesson plans to IEPs and all the little things that come into teaching. And I was the first car there, the last one to leave. And I still remember because I was a kindergarten teacher at the time. I still remember my kindergartners crossing the gymnasium, their diplomas in hand. And I was so excited or in a moment where I should have been so excited to see them graduate. I felt devastated because I felt like a failure. In the last year, I had been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And in a moment where I should have been proud, I felt like I had let my students down. And it was at this moment that I wondered if there was something more, could I be the teacher I knew I could be? without being overwhelmed and exhausted? And could I make the impact with my students? So I started my journey on teacher wellness and I got help. I went to counseling. I became obsessed with podcasts, books, and courses and everything in between. And then I started sharing my journey online. And I found out that I'm not the only one that experiences this or experienced this. In fact, many other teachers did as well. So I started my business, The Present Teacher, and now I empower teachers to help themselves and their students in the classroom when it comes to mental health. I absolutely love that. And I know I said this before, but I want to make sure that they hear it too. It's so funny that when I end up talking to people, and podcasting is a great way to network, by the way, it always seems that whoever I talk to is kind of where I'm also on the journey. Like the past two years, I mean, I think it's been hard for you know, most, if not everyone. But I think that what has been especially hard for me, and I think a lot of teachers will relate to this, how you mentioned the to-do list, there is this ever emphasis on what you have to do. Okay. The kids are struggling with reading. So we have to get their, we have to get them literate, right? They're struggling with math. We have to get the scores up. We have to teach so much on our pacing guide. You can't get behind. You can't fall behind. Oh, the students are behind. So now you have to remediate and differentiate from where they're at, but you can't get behind the pacing guide. I don't know how they expect us to do that sometimes. And then on top of that, you have all of the other to-dos, like you have your families that you're taking care of. You have your significant others, your pets, even all of these things, which can be like really beautiful blessings on their own can just become stress points for us. And I know that I personally, and I think I've been pretty transparent that I've struggled a lot this year definitely more than 2020. Um, I don't know what it is about this school year. Virtual learning was hard, but I was able to settle in. But this year has just been so wild. And I was telling someone that was actually how I knew that teaching was not going to be for me anymore, at least for a while, because I have what I would say the perfect teaching situation is on paper. I have an awesome subject. I have an awesome schedule. I have Fridays off, which I know is such a blessing. I have all these things on paper. So it's one of those things of like, why aren't I happy? And I would have like guilt about that, you know, because I know how many other teachers are struggling even worse, but I was like, no, I'm still anxious all the time. I had a panic attack, talked about that in the last episode too. And I was saying, I think what got me the worst was I didn't realize it was happening at first. And then once I did medical staff from the hospital actually came, I wasn't actually, it was weird. I wasn't fully present, but I just kind of, even though I was in the room, I was like, my brain was just trying to escape. I guess I heard the medical professional saying, do we need to take her away? And I was like, what's taking me away? I was like, I'm not, I'm not a danger to anyone. I'm just, I just need a few minutes. Honestly, I just, I just need maybe an hour to be by myself is what it is. I need to calm down. And I couldn't believe that they not only saw me, like it was, it was like, they were talking around me. They were talking about me. They weren't talking to me. Wow. I'm just a worker. That's really all it is here. So anyway, I just want to say like, I, if that's what you're going through, 
or if you have gone through it, you're not alone. And I really want it to be more normalized. I know it's hard to say, it's hard to talk about. And that's why I'm glad to have you here. And I didn't mean to just take that over, but I just, I want people to know that that's one of the reasons I, ha- I wanted to have you on is because I know if I'm dealing with this and other people are too. So let's start with like what you're talking today. I've been talking a lot about math anxiety and how trauma can really trigger that. And that is specifically showing up in students, especially as we go into testing. I mean, this is the spring when we're recording this. So can you share, like, what can we do about that? Like, obviously we know math anxiety is a thing. We accept that, but what can we do, right? We're not mental health professionals. What are some strategies and tactics we can give to our kids to help them self-regulate and cope? Yes, thank you, Brittany. And to go back to your first point, thank you so much for sharing. I personally had a panic attack at school as well. And I know that mental health in the teaching world is such a hushed topic. So I really appreciate this opportunity to take the time to talk about that and kind of build awareness around it. So when it comes specifically to awareness as far as or what you can do when it comes to math anxiety, a little backstory. This is my first year teaching second grade. And at the beginning of the year, I did a little survey with my kids and I asked them, you know, what was your favorite subject? What was your least favorite? And all of them answered math. And I promised them that math would be their favorite subject by the end of the year. Now, I can tell you that if you ask my kids now in Miss Haynes' class that about 90, at least 90% of them would say they absolutely love math. So I feel like math is one of those black and white subjects that students feel a little apprehensive or scared when they get the answers wrong. And so I really focus on the mindset and overcoming those mindset obstacles or limiting beliefs when it comes to overcoming adversity for our kids. I have this framework that I actually use in my class when it comes to overcoming math anxiety. And the first step that we cover is awareness. So in order to figure out how to help your kids, you got to figure out where they are at. So you can either do a simple survey or an open discussion, but just ask your kids what their feelings are towards math. And you can't fix what you don't know. So this is a great way to kind of open that discussion with your kids. And it's a great opportunity for you to build relationships, especially if you personally struggled with math growing up or you continue to do so because then it makes you relatable to your kids and opens the floor for those relationships. It's always so weird and there's a delay with the internet. I just wanted to say also I love that you obviously had to decide that you were going to make this an enjoyable subject for them. You decided and then you committed and you said it out loud like we're going to do this. That's a really bold statement. You're going to love math by the end of the year. It's going to be your favorite subject. So I love it. You went for it on that. But man, it's so cool when you can say something like that with confidence because then the kids are like, okay, well, let's see if she can do it, you know, and it becomes this really fun challenge. But math really can be so fun. And because it is black and white, like how you said, I get that that can be off-putting, but that can also, it also isn't black and white because there's so much discussion and logic and you can ask kids to use logic to prove things to you, even if they're not exactly real or correct. It's the act, it's the journey. So I think math is such a beautiful thing. Obviously it took me a while to get there. So I love that you shared that. Thank you so much. So you show that you, you did that. What, how did you do that though? Like, okay, you made a framework, you, you had them excited about it. Can you give some things like what can a teacher do going into these next few weeks? Like maybe some tangible, practical tips that they could do in the classroom. Yes, absolutely. So after you do a quick survey, so it can even be like Google forms, 
one to five rate yourself on these things, especially if you're in upper elementary, or just like I said, have that open discussion. The next thing you can do is tackle mindset. So I focus a lot of work here. This is where I notice those limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs are those roadblocks that come up mentally for your kids that stops them from overcoming challenges along the way. A way to do this is to help them rewire their brains with affirmations. So in the morning and a morning meeting or morning discussion or right before we have math, I'll put a negative mindset or a limiting belief that I've heard my students talk about the day before. So it could be that I'm not good at math and I'll put that up on the board and then we'll have a discussion on how can we rewire this and reword this and I'll have them come up with the ideas but it could be something as I can keep trying or math gets easier the more I practice stuff like that and then the more we do that the more your students will keep each other accountable and point out when they start talking like that in the class, which is super helpful. Love that. Thank you for for making that tangible because I think like when you get into mindset, which I agree, it's so important. I think it's foundational for anything, even for teaching, but it can be really scary and intimidating to try to facilitate those discussions if you never have before. So uh, towards the end, I'll definitely ask you where they can go to find resources on that because I think having like discussion guides or anything you have is going to be so helpful. Okay. So I also want to transition this into the teacher topic. So she was telling me before this, and we were talking about like burnout and everything that's happening again, like just take a breath and take a minute and be present. I think that's awesome that you've called yourself the present teacher. It's something I've been working on is really feeling my senses of where I am and trying not to be in my head because I know that's easy as a teacher. And it's, I think it's easy for our students too, almost as a form of mental escape, right? So like how can we tackle burnout? Now, I know that not every teacher is not sustainable for every teacher to quit. And I bet there's teachers listening who maybe they feel like quitting. They might, part of them might want to because this year and the two years have been so stressful, but teaching is such a part of who we are and what we do. So I want to also give something to the teachers who they want to stay, they want to keep fighting, but they know they can't keep going at the rate that they are. That's not sustainable. So what can teachers do about those burnout feelings that they have? And can you just also share like the connection between what we're doing, what you're doing for students and what, what we're doing with students and teacher burnout? Because I think that when we take care of one, the other gets taken care of too. So can you speak on that? Yes, thank you. So as far as burnout goes, what I often say is you can't break the pattern of burnout without a plan. The longer I teach, the more I recognize that burnout is a pattern and it repeats year after year. And depending on each individual, because we're all different and authentic and unique, first off is being able to have that awareness of what does burnout look like for you? Because burnout does not look the same for me as it will for you, as it does for Brittany. It is completely on a person case by case basis. So first it's recognizing what does it look like for me? And then being able to break down those mindset shifts and coming up with your why. Why do you want to overcome burnout in the first place? And this really ties back to that. Maybe you want to stay, maybe you want to continue fighting. That's where I was. I noticed a pattern and I wanted to continue teaching, even though I was exhausted and I asked myself, is there a way to do this? And there is, there is a way to break the pattern of burnout. Going through awareness, figuring out your mindset blocks, what's coming up in your way, coming up with your why, why do you want to stop this pattern? And then going from there, you can start creating a plan. And I actually have an event coming up called the Breaking the Pattern of Burnout Challenge for you. It's a secret podcast episode, a lot like this. It's just four episodes. It's at the end of April where I go 
into depth about how to create a burnout plan and how I walk you through step-by-step how to break the pattern so it's not something that you repeat year after year. But what you'll find is the more that you focus on yourself and taking care of yourself, the more your students benefit. Because when you are building in these healthy habits that allow you to show up for yourself in a way that you don't think about it, where it's built into your day and it doesn't take extra energy, you build the energy to be present and mindful with your kids. And that's what I'm passionate about here at The Present Teacher. It's taking care of you so that you can take better care of your students and build that impact with them. Because when you are centered and present and grounded, you are able to tackle your triggers as they come up in the classroom and you are able to help them navigate theirs. Absolutely. I totally agree that both of those things play well together. And it is cyclical, right? Because students feed off our energy. Like anytime I'm, if I come in and I have not like properly calmed down and then also simultaneously hype myself up. Like the other day I was doing a lesson on salt and I was like, okay, I'm really going to have to like make this interesting, you know? So I have to either be calm and like in control and, or super excited and enthusiastic because I know that my energy can really be infectious, even if it's not intentional, like it'll impact them. So that's absolutely true. And when we better self-regulate, we can co-regulate with them. And then again, it's cyclical because if the students aren't as stressed out, they will also have higher academic performance, which means you'll have less stress because you'll have better results on paper, right? We know that's not everything, but you know, we got to show it. We got to show it to our admin, right? So having that is really good. And then it just kind of builds on each other. Students are less stressed. They have more fun. So they can actually learn when students are stressed out. Like how you were just, we were talking about being present like you're not present. Like I, a lot of times when during math as a kid, my escape was daydreaming, right? I would just daydream and make myself not be there. And that was kind of, that's, I've also noticed a pattern into adult life as kids, like they struggle with awareness with everything because they're still learning all of these things. And so when we become more aware, we can better help them. And that's something I'm, I'm so passionate about. And I really want you to enjoy teaching. And I think that when we can just enjoy being alive and being present in the day, it makes it that we can better enjoy our jobs and then the kids will better enjoy being at school. So it makes it better for everyone. It really is just this cycle. So, so much good stuff here. Where could, I think I'd just leave it there unless there's anything else you wanted to share. Uh, Do you have any other nuggets of wisdom before I kind of tell them where to find you? Yes, absolutely. So first off, you can find me at the present teacher at Instagram. And then if you want to get that step-by-step secret podcast access to save your seat for the end of April, that challenge, you can go to thepresentteacher.com slash burnout. And then just a couple of last minute thoughts on how you can help your kids when it comes to math anxiety. It's really creating those opportunities for success. It's creating those opportunities for them to become the hero. And I focus a lot on peer work, teamwork games. And there's this one thing that has been life-changing in my classroom and it's called superstar shoutouts. And you can do this with anything, but even in the upper grades, they enjoy this. So at the end of a math section, especially when it might've been a little hard or difficult, I have my kids shout out three kids that did a really good job. Three apologies, because if we're working on collaborative learning, sometimes we need to apologize and opening up the floor for that. And then also for three aha moments. So that gives students an opportunity to share what they learned or any bright moments that they had. I also like to put on the board in the beginning of the day, math assignment or a math problem that we've been working on and I will put a mistake up there and then I'll show the kids that it's okay to make mistakes and then we'll talk about how we can focus or notice each other's mistakes and then I have them teach me how to fix it so instead of telling me the answer they ask me questions to help me fix it because if they can teach it 
then they learned it, then they know it. So those are just some last minute thoughts. And then thank you so much, Brittany, for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Of course. And those are just great tips in general for math teaching. So glad that you shared those. Also just going to share, she was at the 2022 BMF person conference. So if you really loved her stuff and you want to go buy her session, that link is still live. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes, as well as all of the information about the breaking the power pattern, excuse me, a burnout challenge, although there is power in breaking that pattern. So definitely look her up on Instagram and see everything she has to offer. Thanks again for being on. Thank you so much for having me.